Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. So today's choice, today's choice is not about eating kale and carrots and exercise. Today's healthy choice is making the choice to live excellent, to live with an excellent spirit. Now, maybe you grew up in a church like I grew up in. And and before I say this, I want you to know that I love the church and I love the heritage that I had um, growing up, even though there's many things about it that I've changed gears on since then, I appreciate my legacy, I appreciate my upbringing. It's crazy, you know, even when, you're, when your mind changes about how things are done, it's amazing how big God is, and he's not limited um, by, by our inadequacies to reach and to change the hearts and lives of people. And so I'm just telling you, I love my history, I wouldn't wanna change it for anything, but I'm telling you this, that, that many things, while many things were done right and well, one thing was obvious that a spirit of excellence wasn't always at the top priority. Things being done right and well. For instance, I'll just give you a, an example. And we'll just call the guy, we'll call the guy Brother Joe, you know, and this, and this happens in churches all over the America, not just the church that I grew up in. But let's just say, Brother Joe's on the worship team, but Brother Joe gets to service about a half hour late. And we used to do worship for about an hour, so he still had a lot of song sets to go. And Brother Joe shows up, and Brother Joe's like the lead guitarist on the band. And, and, um, and so Brother Joe, they're doing the worship. Brother Joe gets up there, amps on, everything's on. Brother Joe is tuning his guitar while everybody else is, is, doing, is doing worship. And there's no, there's no practice before the worship. There's no, you know, there's no getting the team together to, to get ready for Sunday service. Why? Because Sunday service is the most important day of the, of the week. It's good for us to be prepared and be ready. And so there was no practice. The, the thought behind Brother Joe and everybody else, for that matter, on the worship team is we're just going to be led by the Spirit. And sometimes worship was so bad that you wonder if the spirit was still sleeping because he didn't make it to church that morning. And so I'm just saying this, that, that one of the things that I began to ask myself are what are the core values that are important to me whenever I was asked to come and pastor Grace Church? And there's several of them and many of you know them, but one of our core values is a spirit of excellence. Somebody say that a spirit of excellence. Now listen, a spirit of excellence doesn't mean that we have to be the best church in the valley. A spirit of excellence does not mean at all that we have to be the biggest church in the valley. A spirit of excellence has everything to do with Grace Church being the very best church that Grace Church can be, period. That's it. I want you to know this, that if you've ever been in competition with the church down the road or your mindset has been, you know what I mean, like like we're in competition with other churches in our community, I want you to know this, that you probably need to repent of your sins. 
because the church is God's church. Amen. And we're not here because, because, you know, we're going to do things a little bit better or we're, you know, better than anybody else doing their part. We're just doing our part. In fact, if you're focused on what the church down the road is doing, it's very possible that you're supposed to be at that church down the road. What you should be focused on is what God wants to do in and through you, in and through your family, in and through this church, right? And so, so we don't have to be the biggest, we don't have to be the best, we just need to be the best that, that God, has called us to, God has called us to do. How many of you know that we've come a long way? Right. And, and this is what a spirit of excellence does as well. Like a spirit of excellence is never satisfied. A spirit of excellence never says, well, that's good enough. I'll tell you this, and, and, and I hope you can appreciate the humor behind this because it is very funny to me. Um, but when I moved here and our church back then was no different than any other church that I'd been at. It was the same at Valley Church in Caldwell where I was the youth pastor, but it was not uncommon for people to bring their garbage down to the church and make a donation to the church. In fact, this is, this is how it plays out. They would take their TV, which they had just upgraded in their own home. They'd take their TV and they would bring it down to the church. Their 450 pounds, seven tube <laughs> television that had four of the tubes already burnt out. They would bring that thing down to the church because they had gotten a brand new TV in their home and they would say, listen, pastor, we just want you to know how much we love what it is that you're doing, what God is doing. We love you so much. We want you to have this incredible television. And at that moment, I would say, we don't want your garbage. I wouldn't say it in that in that way, but can I just tell you this? And I want you to be clear because I don't want anybody's garbage. I don't want your garbage down here at this church. If it's not good enough for your house, it's not good enough for God's house. Yes. Let me say that one more time, just in case. We need to be clear. If it's not good enough for your house, it's not good enough for God's house. So listen, what I'm saying is, is that, that, that even though we may not be able to afford the very best that's out there, and you can talk to Matt, you can talk to our tech team, you can talk to our children's pastors, you can talk to our youth pastors every single time that they come to me and they say, hey, listen, we need this to do this. This is what I say, get the most for the least. And if it costs us more to get something better that's gonna serve us longer and be more excellent, if we can afford it, I tell you, my friend, that's exactly what we're going for. We're not going door to door saying, hey, do you guys got anything that you're really just not using in your own home? Maybe something. Why? Because that, my friend, is not a spirit of excellence. And I know for a fact that Grace Church is not the only church that you've probably been a part of where that's been the case. And it's a terrible way to do things. I'm telling you what, we're busy building our own homes sometimes in many situations, but not building the house of the Lord. And I'm also saying this, that a spirit of excellence, I'm just going to keep going because I'm feeling it. I don't know what it is about second service, but you guys pulled the best out of me. Sometimes pastors and churches are the very worst whenever it comes to a spirit of excellence. 
Pastors sometimes are the, are, are struggle with paying their own bills on time. And I don't get it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm like, you serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and you're having a difficult time paying your own bills on time. You're always, you're always running, running in, 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 the, in the back. You're always kind of catching up. And drive by some churches. I honestly feel, and this, this, I could be completely wrong, but I honestly feel that whenever we move to this community, I believe because of the spirit of excellence that we do things in. Are we saying we got it all? No, we got a long way to go. But I'm telling you, the standard by which we do things has caused other churches to lift up their head in this community and start to do things better. How do I know this? Because we voluntarily give our people on the regular we give our people, sending them to this church, sending them to that church, sending them to this church so that we can help them do what it is that we do, how we do it, and them not have to go through the huge learning curve that we had to, get, we had to go through. And I'm just saying that, that this happens on the regular. And so, so a spirit of excellence is not being the very best. It's not being the biggest. But my goodness, you should be the best version of you. And we should be the best version. See, it drives me nuts when I drive by a church building. And you can't even tell it's a church if it didn't have a, if it didn't have a cross maybe on the, like the sign is, you can't read the sign at all. It doesn't, like, like the, the grass isn't mowed. You know, and, and like I said, like we could go out here and there's a plenty of things that we can do. But I'm telling you this, it's on our radar to do them. Why? Because we have a spirit of excellence. Why? Because we're never going to be the church that gets to a point in a place where we've arrived. And I'm challenging you to never be that church or that person. Never be that family where you're just good with okay. You're good with good. Why? Because God deserves your best. Not your leftovers. Amen? Is everybody still okay this morning? Okay, good. I'm not apologizing for anything. I want you to know that God deserves our best in everything we do. All right? We're, we're on our way to getting there. So today's message is for everybody, but there's a special message for business people, those people doing business. And so the passage of scripture, Isaiah 60, that I'm going to share, I want you to realize that this is a prophecy of Israel as Israel. And it actually, actually, I think what it's speaking about is a prophetic word in the millennial reign because of how the Gentiles are going to be, how, how they're going to be drawn back to them and, and they're going to celebrate. Israel. But I'm telling you that there are some principles that we can extract out of Isaiah 60 and apply to our lives even today. Isaiah 60 in verse 1 says this, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. So what's he saying here? He's saying that you're going to stand out and you're going to be set apart. Why can I apply Isaiah 60 to our life today? Because whenever you've come into right relationship 
with Jesus Christ. Come on, you are born again and the light of God is inside of you. And I can just tell you this, that never has it been God's idea for his people nor his church to be hidden in a closet, right? It's, it's God's idea for us to arise and shine. It goes on to say in verse three, the Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see, they all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. So arise and shine. Once again, whenever we have this light of Christ in our life, it's never to be hidden. And there's plenty of scriptures, New Testament, that connect these two ideas, these two thoughts together. In fact, I would say this, that that if, if, if you have the light of Christ in your life, but nobody knows about it, I would say that something is very wrong. Like if the way you do business, the people that you, that you hang out with on the regular, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe you've served the Lord for a period of time. And if it's a shocker that you belong to a church and that, that you attend on a regular basis and God is is really important. Like if it shocks them, then I'm saying something is very wrong. Why? Because God has called us to, to arise and to shine. God has called us to live out loud. See, darkness is for lying down. The light is for getting up. Darkness is where we keep secrets. The light is where the truth shines forth. You understand? And so, and so when Jesus comes, the idea, when he comes to you, your life is, is to be extremely different. And there's something wrong when we fail to shine. Number one is this, the world we live in responds to excellence. If you desire to attract people, if you desire to be a person of influence, then I would encourage you, my friend, to start living a spirit of excellence. Start doing things right and well. Go above and beyond. Do, what, do more than what is asked of you. So what is the spirit of excellence? How do we define this? I would say a spirit of excellence is anything that you do, do it to the best of your ability. Even if it's far less than what the next guy is doing, like he's so much better, she's so much better, you can have a spirit of excellence by doing what you do the very best that you can do it. And then there's a second part to it. Do what you do, the very best you can do it, and do it with a good attitude. Can I just tell you this? There are many people that do a good job, but their attitude destroys the good job that they did. You know why? Because they're griping and complaining and boo-hooing and crying the whole time. Nobody's here to help me. So they do this excellent job, this incredible work, but it's robbed from them because they've got a poor, you know, poor little old me attitude. Their chin's in the dirt and, and complaining the whole single time. So an excellent spirit is doing a great job, doing the best job that you can do, but also at the same time doing it with a good attitude. And when you do that, my friend, you will stand out. So your performance determines your placement it determines your position, and it determines your, your platform. So most of you know, many of you know, and if you don't know, you know now that I love golf. I absolutely love to golf. It's a love-hate relationship. I have days that are just 
amazing, magnificent, and I have other days it seems like I've never picked up a club before in my life. And so it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if I woke up tomorrow morning and said, you know what, I'm gonna make a decision. I'm gonna decide to join the PGA Tour. Like I could wake up and, and make that decision, but I'm telling you what, that the P, to play on the PGA Tour, it's an earned position. Somebody say an earned position. Like you've got to qualify and requalify, and you've got to, it's not just one game that you, that you just golf lights out. I mean, I mean, you've got to string these things together, right? You, you've got to get on the radar by, by, by shooting excellent golf day after day after day after day. And then all of a sudden you get the invitation maybe to, to play the PGA Tour. You can't just wake up. Why? Because you haven't performed well enough to play at that level. Reminds me of a story that that I once heard about golfing, and I hope you appreciate this, but there was this, there was this older guy. He was in his golden years, and, and, um, and, and he lived down in California, and he always, he always had this dream, this huge desire to play um, Pebble Beach, Pebble Beach, and, and, and not even really the, the whole golf course. I mean, he's played that multiple times, but he had, there's this one hole his, 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 his wish list, his bucket list, was to be able to play this one hole just like the pros played it. And it's the hole where you're on dry ground and then you shoot out over the water to a spit of land where there's a green and there's a hole with a flag in it. And he was like, man, I've tried this hundreds of times and he's always coming up short or he's shooting to the left or he's shooting to the right. Sometimes he's actually landed on the green, but it, it spin off and it roll off into the water. And he's never had the opportunity to even putt the ball into the hole. And so, and so he's out there, he wants to, do, wants to do this one more time. And because he's lost so many balls, a long time ago, he started using the most garbage ball that he had in his bag. The one that was just scarred up and, and messed up. And, and, and why? Because he didn't want to miss again and throw another five or six dollars away. Some of you, I played with some of you. And when you are playing a hole, when you're playing a hole that has an out of bounds or potentially there's a water hazard, you will take that brand new, fresh, titleless ball that's, that's just all sparkly and shiny and you'll pull out some dirt ball in the bottom of your bag. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. Can I just tell you this? I'm going to give you some insider information. My friend, you have already lost the hole. If you don't trust yourself, believe in yourself enough to keep that shiny ball on the tee, then you've already messed up the hole. Just little insider information. I play with some of you, so I know, I know. So this guy does what he's always done. He pulls out that garbage ball and he puts it on the tee and he says, you know what, I'm gonna do something just a little bit different this time. He says, I'm gonna pray a prayer to God. God, please help me. You, God, you've, you've, you're everywhere. You know all things. God, you know, I just want to do this one time before I die. Will you help this ball go and land on that green so I can put it in just like the pros do? 
So he prays this prayer and he steps up and he tees up the ball and he's getting ready to hit and he's lining up. He's getting ready to hit and he hears this voice from heaven that says, step back away from the ball. So he's like, whoa, this is wild. And so he steps back and, and the voice of God says, put a new ball on the tee. And he's a little hesitant, even though it's like the voice of the Lord. He's a little bit hesitant. But then he starts really encouraging himself. He's like, he's like God would not allow me, come on, to lose this ball. This means, this is reinforcement that God is going to help this ball get to the green so that I can put it in. So he happily goes into his bag, pulls out a fresh, brand new $6 Titleist ball, Pro V1. Puts it on the tee. And he steps up to it, and he's lined up, and then another voice comes from heaven. He says, step away from the ball. So he steps back. He's like, yes, God. He said, take a practice swing. So he, he's like, okay, that makes sense. Take a practice swing. Takes a practice swing. And then there's silence for a period of time. He, he hears another voice that says, take another practice swing. So he's like, okay wants to see my stuff so he swings again and then there's more silence and the Lord says get your old ball back <laughs> see there's some things in life that even God can't help you with your swing so bad so number two your performance determines the influence that you have with people See, I can, I, can, I can talk about all kinds of people. I can talk about people in sports. I could talk about people in the education system. I could talk about entrepreneurs or, or people in the business sector. I could talk about people in the church. I just saw this last night. I, how many of you watched the UFC fights last night? Anybody? Anybody? There's a few of us. Nice job, Brock. Way to go. Right here, Mr. Ford. Okay. So anyway, there was a fight last night. Guy by the name of Dariush. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. I think it is right. But he wins this fight. And, and the announcer comes up to him, as they always do. They interview the winner. And he says, listen, can you tell us, you know, what, what was able to give you the success that you experienced here, here tonight? And Dariush said, listen, before I speak about anything else, I want you to know that I give glory and honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And guess what they didn't do? That what they didn't do is they didn't pull the mic back from him. I mean, this guy went on for about 15 seconds and said this. He said, if you don't get anything else out of this interview that I'm, that I'm giving you right now, just know that Jesus Christ got a plan for your life and he loves you. How powerful is that? Amen. Now, guess what? Guess what? You don't, you're not given a platform like that if you get knocked out in 30 seconds. You're not given a platform like that. If, 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 if the winning shot is given to you, there's three seconds left on the clock, and you give, a, give your J, and you shoot a shot, and it comes up short, and you lose the game. You, you're not given a platform like that. If it's the last few seconds of the game and you're in the end zone and the ball hits you in the hands and you fumble it and you drop it and you lose the game. I'm telling you, your performance matters. And your performance is going to give you the platform necessary to be a person of influence with people. 
Nobody wants to know your secret if you fail. Nobody wants to know your secret if, if it comes to performance reviews and you're always coming up short in them. Like there's more that you need to work on than what it is that you've gotten right. Nobody's like, listen, man, that's my hero. That's the person that I want to, that's what I want to follow. And unfortunately, there's a lot of Christians that give the bare minimum in whatever it is that they're doing whenever God has called us to live and operate with the spirit of excellence. I'm telling you what, if there's a job to be done, like Christians should be the very best ones that do that job, period. I really believe that. But that's a stretch for a lot of people. And so I'm not talking about salvation because listen, you can both be saved. You can be saved and, and just kind of be mediocre. You could be going to heaven because it's not based on your works. But I'm telling you what, somebody that gets up and goes to work and is a person of excellence and has influence with others, not only are they going to be saved, but they're going to bring a whole army along with them. Why? Because they've been positioned with a platform to make a difference. And people are interested in, in hearing what it is that helped them to have such a successful life. At that point, you can say, man, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right? We live in a day and a time where everybody wants something for nothing. And they want to do just the bare minimum and get paid the maximum. We, we live in a day and an age where everybody feels like what they say is important, but they've never proven themselves. They've never proven themselves. And I'm just saying, you are, you're ridiculous to think that people are going to be attracted to what you have to say when you haven't had many successes in your life. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not downplaying that. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. But what I'm trying to say is get up and go to work and prove yourself before you start demanding people to want to listen to what you have to say. Period. Do something well. Do it with the spirit of excellence. I don't care what it is. It doesn't have to be great. If it's making French fries, be the best French fry maker on the planet. You know what I mean? These French fries are special. I put my heart into these French fries. People eat my fries. They feel the love. You want some? I want some too. I'm hungry. So on your job, work hard. Arrive on time. Get along with everybody else, even when they're hard to get along with. And then bring something extra to the table. It was told to me a long time ago, like, listen, if you do your job, do your job really well. The next thing that you should be, I, I hope young people are paying attention right now because I'm giving you some good stuff and it would do you a great service to not check out right now, but to listen to what I'm saying. If you want to make a difference in your life, write down what I'm saying. It would do you well to do your job the very best that you can do it. And then once you've mastered that and you're doing that and people have your attention and they're looking at you, then you go to your boss and you say, hey, listen, I just want to learn on my own time. I want to learn the next job. I am telling you what, if you will do that, that job, that boss is going to just be, first of all, you're going to have to pick them up off the floor. You're going to have to pick him up off the floor, give him some smelling salts or her some smelling salts because this is so out of the ordinary 
But listen, this only works if you're doing your job right now very well. You can't just be like, boy, I want to just shock and awe somebody. You're doing a terrible job in the simple job. You're doing the mediocre job right here, but now you're wanting to learn the job above you. How about, buddy, you go down and figure out how to do your job well first, right? It only works if you're already functioning in a spirit of excellence. What you reflect to the public, pay attention, this is worth its weight in gold. What you reflect to the public reveals what you think about God. It reveals what you think about God. I tell you, you guys have known that I've struggled with weight a long time. My, 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 not my entire life, but my adult I started having kids, weight went up. I'm not blaming them fully. But I'm telling you, I hate having, as much as I hate having to hold my breath to tie my shoe, I hate that. Like, you know what I hate more than that? Is that I am reflecting who I believe God to be whenever I am unsatisfactory with my health. See, I can talk all day long about how good God is and how he's a spirit of excellence. And, and you know what, what Christians are great at doing? We categorize. Like we're talking about this spirit of excellence over here, but don't look at me here. You know what I'm saying? Don't look at me, at me here. And you know that this has been a struggle of mine. My weight can fluctuate 40 pounds, it seems like, overnight. I can go up to 287, and I can go down to 230. That's more than 40 pounds. I can, I, it, it, big fluctuation. And the thing that bothers me the most, and it only started bothering me the most probably about six years ago, is, is what, I'm, what I'm speaking to the public by the way that I carry myself. I'm not saying that that should be something that you think about, but maybe it might be. Number three is this. Those who changed their generation had an excellent spirit. David 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 16, David played his harp skillfully. So before he ever killed a giant, before he was ever a king, David played his harp skillfully. And this is how, I, I don't know if you, like we could just read that and be like, yeah, yeah, big deal. But do you know what's represented in that statement? The hours and the hours and the hours and the hours of discipline. The hours and the hours and the hours of, of practice. You know what, I, I listened to Adam, you know, back here just playing his electric guitar. And I'm just like, man, oh man, that is so beautiful. I wish I could, I wish I could play like that. But do you know this, that he has... He has years and years and years and years and years that he is, he is invested into being able to play his instrument so well. And so before he was ever a king, before he slew his first giant, David was a musician. He was a skilled musician that played his instrument with excellence. So you could say this, that his performance caused people to talk and as people began to talk about the, the, the skillful way that David played his harp, come on, that positioned him in the palace. And so listen, this is the, the, the line that I want to draw. His natural ability, somebody say natural ability, introduced spiritual power into the palace or the kingdom. 
The very same kingdom that he himself would be king of in short order. And so his natural ability caused him to be seen and then positioned. And I'm just saying it's the same today. How you do what you do, it matters. It matters. Daniel, a key characteristic of Daniel, you've read the book, he had an excellent spirit. Why? Because he lived by standards and many other things. But the Bible says that Daniel wouldn't even eat of the king's meat. There's a lot of different reasons why people think he wouldn't eat of the king's meat. Number one, that, that it could potentially possibly be offered to idols. False idol worship, gods and, and things like that. Another is, is that it would break the, the Levitical law, right? Not supposed to eat certain things. Another idea is, is that if he was to eat what the king ate, then what that does is it associates friendship with the king, and he wasn't the king's friend. And it also, it shows that he, maybe, maybe it's going to reflect to everybody else that he is dependent on the king and that relationship rather than depending on the Lord. And so, so what happens? Daniel 1.15, he says, listen, he's, he's having this conversation with Ashpenaz and, 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 you know, let us eat this and let us eat that. It could have cost Ashpenaz his head had he gotten it wrong. But, but the thing is, is after the period of time, I believe it was 10 days, the Bible says that, Daniel and the rest of the Hebrews, they looked better than the king's people. They were smarter and wiser than the king's men. But listen, let's draw back even a little bit further. Nebuchadnezzar was first drawn to Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Why? Because of their physical appearance and their ability, come on, to use their mind and to learn. Study it out. The natural introduces the spiritual in many, many situations, certainly in this one. If these Hebrews, after they ate their nuts and all the different things that they ate, if they would have been slower, if they would have been lethargic, if they would have been sleepy and their mind wouldn't have been on point, then it literally could have cost them their head along with Ashpenazes. So somebody turn to your neighbor and say, God's way is the best way. An excellent spirit positioned them in power. Joseph, Genesis 39, 3 is the reference here. The Bible says that God went with Joseph wherever he went, and he was able, come on, to promote him. Joseph prospered in every area of life that he was, that he was in. He was, he was in Potiphar's house. He was set over Potiphar's things. He was falsely accused, sent into prison. Next thing you know, because he had an excellent spirit. Come on, he was put over the whole prison. Excellence moves the hand of God and will promote you, I promise. When you're excellent, people in authority will desire you to be close to them. I can just say this, that along with myself, like I don't have the accolades to be doing what it is that I'm doing. There are many of you that hold positions in this community like people care about what you think, you've got influence in this community, not because of, of, of your education or your schooling, by how, but by how you live your life. 
right? You live your life, and next thing you know, other people that are in authority, they're saying, listen, I want this guy, I want this gal, you know what I mean, to be close to me. When you're sharp and excited about life, and you, you're excited about going to work, people will know, notice. Quick question, have you ever met somebody that just makes everything too spiritual? Whoa, Travis. Everything's got some spiritual. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not downplaying God, God speaking to people, right? But sometimes it's amazing. There are those people that God is telling them everything to do, but many times it doesn't even align with the Bible. How much weight should you give somebody that says, God told me whenever it is in exact opposition to what the word of God says? You shouldn't give that much weight. And this is another thing that I've realized. Some people, God said this, God said that, God said this, God said that. But then after they've told you what God told them to do, they don't even walk it out. So you have to ask yourself, hmm, I wonder how much conviction there really was. Because if God told me to do something, I'm going to make that number one top priority and, and, and start figuring out how I can get it done. Are you guys all right? Is everything all right? It's very interesting and quiet here today. Um, how about just get up and go to work every single day? How about do more than what you're asked with a smile on your face? It's amazing what a little bit of light can do to give you influence and position you to share why you do and, and why you are so, so good. You can give God the glory and the praise. And, um, and that can influence a lot of people. Number four, and this is the last one, you earn the right to be listened to by your success. And I know I didn't put this up there. You earn the right to be listened to by your success, not your failures. Not your failures. I remember when we were building um, the, this new sanctuary that we're in right now, this was during a time where there wasn't a ton of work available out there. And so, so we had several people, handymen, come by and just say, hey, listen, I know you've got somebody else that's doing the main construction and everything, but is there anything else that needs to be done? And, and at the same time that we were building this, we were renovating the, uh, the, the children's ring as well. And so how many of you know that there was always something to be done? But I wouldn't let on to that. What I would do is I would walk by their truck while we're having the conversations like, hey, I'll look at, at, at all the things we got going on here and, and I might give you a call, but the first thing that I was looking at is their vehicle. There were people that showed up with, a, with, with racks, like construction racks on the back of their pickup truck um, that it looks like was in a car wreck. I mean, big, big bins in the, in the metal and and, and chicken wire and, and, and that, that red baling twine and, and, and duct tape, you know, holding stuff, holding stuff up and bumper on the truck halfway on and, and halfway off. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'll check it out and, and, and let you know. When I knew for a fact there is no possible way I would ever hire them to do anything. Because if they're not going to take care of their own stuff... I hope you listen to me. If they're not going to take care of their own stuff, how well do you think they're going to do taking care of your stuff? They're not going to take care of this house. If, they, if, if that's how they make a living, 
That's how they, 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 and I'm not saying you have to have everything brand new. You know, I, I love, I go up to, 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 to Bo. He's a, he's a farmer. He won't let me help him farm no more. I got fired volunteering one day. <laughs> but I love going out there and sometime he and his grandpa and his dad and, and all those guys, they're working out in the shop. And, and these guys do an amazing job of taking and buying something, not brand new, but by the time you're done with it, it looks years and years and years and years newer than what it actually is. You know why? It's a spirit of excellence. Why? It, it matters when people are driving by and other farmers are driving by and looking. It matters if you've got weeds in your corners. It matters how the vehicles look and how the vehicles run. So they put just as much time into the equipment as they do anything else. Why? Because that's how they make their living. And if some guy's going to show up and want to do something at your house, the best thing you can do is check their vehicle out first. Serious. Check it out. If they're not going to take the time to put things in order and clean things up, and I know that some job sites are, I'm going way too long on this. But some job sites are super dirty and nasty and, and it's just a hassle. It's going to get, it's going to, like that might be good for somebody else for you to work on somebody else's. But if you have a spirit of excellence, it shouldn't be good enough for you. All right. Isaiah 60 in verse 3, the Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Once again, I believe this is talking about future events, but this is what I'm saying is, is that the idea is for us to stand up and stand out. If you're a UPS driver, be the very best. I saw a video not very long ago. UPS driver. So, so it had a video of, um, I won't even say the other company, but there was another company that delivers stuff. The guy walks up, you know, with these rings, everybody's watching, right? Um, guy walks up, kind of tosses the package, the box, onto the porch, but it comes up short. It hits the step and it rolls back down and he's turned away and, and going his direction. So that's a, that's a picture. And then also, next, next frame, UPS guy shows up. UPS guy goes and picks up a package that's not even his package, puts it right by the door. And then he goes back to his truck and begins to unload the product that he's delivering to the same residence and puts it by the door and then leaves. Like, listen, if you don't think that somebody's watching you, somebody's watching you all the time. And when you don't think somebody's watching, somebody is. And a spirit of excellence, like you might think, even with these guys, Joseph and Daniel, all these people that were away from their people, could have lived and done whatever it is that they wanted to do. But they had a spirit of excellence and they were loyal and faithful to the God that they served. And that showed in how they did things. That's a good place just to say, man, maybe, I don't know. It's interesting, I'm closing with this. That's the first time I get an amen, really? No. <laughs> it's interesting that when God sent his son to earth, he didn't send him to a priest's home. I think that's super interesting. It's like, listen, if I was going to send my son someplace, I would want them to to be in a very religious home, you know what I'm saying, working maybe in the temple, something like that. God could have sent his son anywhere, but he chose to send his son to a carpenter's house. 
Listen to this. I want you just to think about this. Before Jesus ever preached a sermon, he learned how to get his hands dirty. He learned how to work with his hands. He learned, I can promise you, excellent craftsmanship. Before Jesus ever preached a sermon, ever did a miracle, before he ever healed anybody, laid hands and prayed on the sick, prayed for the sick, he learned business. Jesus learned how to buy, sell, and trade in the community. Before Jesus ever did a miracle, he learned customer service. And I guarantee you, he was the best at it. I guarantee you the way Jesus and who he is and, and how he lived, he was the best at everything he did. Not because he was the son of God, because he had an excellent spirit in him. He had the Holy Spirit. It matters. It's, it's interesting that at the, the time that it was, it was ready for him to carry his cross down the Via Della Rosa, I believe, I could be wrong in this, but I believe that he walked through probably some of the, the, the business district. I know this for a fact that he did so publicly. He didn't do it under the, uh, the darkness of night, but he carried that cross where people were making transactions, where people would, would buy, sell, and trade. He did it publicly, and there was a, a great gathering that was there. So does Jesus desire for us? I think this is interesting. Well, I was stationed in the Philippines for two years. And even while I was not living for the Lord, this really just, just really messed with my spirit. Do you know for the past 36 years in the Philippines, they have re-crucified the same man over and over and over and over again. They will have people literally that will crawl for miles on their on their hands and knees and literally whip themselves on Good Friday or leading up to leading up to Good Friday. As if we can we can endure as if the cross needs for you to endure more punishment, more sacrifice than than what was already given, what was already made. How many of you know that when Jesus said it was finished, it was finished. Like it was enough. You know what I'm saying? So God's not asking for you. Listen, don't check out yet. God's not asking for you, you know what I mean, to sacrifice you. I mean, every day is your living sacrifice. Don't get me wrong, but you understand what I'm saying? What he wants you to do more than anything is do what you do well. Do it with the right attitude. And then when people begin to notice, give him the glory. Oh, and by the way, let's even reverse it. Reverse, 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 reverse. Let's start as to why we do what we do. Why don't we do what we do as unto him in the first place? And then because it's being done unto him, we're going to do it the very, very best that we can do it. Amen. Do you guys receive the word of the Lord today? I want to give you a scripture that ties these together. I was going to skip it. I'm not going to skip it. Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world, the Bible says. A, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden, verse 15. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. 
and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and do what? Glorify your Father in heaven. Like, listen, people that you work with every day, they may not care about what church you go to. They may not be interested in who your pastor or who your mentor is. But I'm telling you what, they're interested in you. And before they ever read a scripture in a Bible, they're reading you. They're watching you. This guy says he's a professing Christian. Tyson, how many people have you talked to to where they watched you before they ever approached you? They watched your posts. They, they watched how you live your life. The consistency by which you live out loud you know, maybe it's a month, maybe it's six months, maybe they've been watching you for a year and then all of the sudden they reach out to you because they've been watching from a distance and they wanna know what is it that this guy has that I don't have. And then at that time, Tyson is able to share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. And guess what? Lives are changed. And guess what? Some of you are here because of that man and how he lives his life out loud on the regular. God bless you. I want you to know that God loves you and it matters. That's it, it matters. for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.